This is An Open Invitation, a podcast where Liana and Shiva discuss the possibilities and permutations of life today. Not only am I able to, to, to sort of put different building blocks together like Lego uh, in, in code, but also I am able to think of uh, different designs and how it's able to better meet uh, the user's needs. For the first season, we talked to the youths in Singapore and so we invite you to connect with their stories. I'm mainly focused on like developing my own skill set, uh, getting a little bit better at what I do. We hope that through this, you might understand yourself better and even find that you share similar narratives to those around you. In this episode, we invited Jonathan Kwa, who is a highly focused and disciplined software developer. John talks to us about his journey moving from chemical to electrical to software engineering and how he made those transitions using discipline. Let him tell you about the importance of self-monitoring in making sound decisions, a process that can move you closer to where you want to be. Yeah, so maybe you can just like explain about what you're doing, your current job. Yeah. Okay, sure. So right now I'm working in uh, I'm working as a software developer in a bank, mm-hmm. and I'm currently developing solutions to monitor data center resources. So usually in a large organization, it makes a lot more sense to uh, operate your own physical hardware rather than to rent out uh, mm. online resources uh, to run your applications, such as through AWS and uh, mm. let's say Heroku. So uh, currently, I'm developing solutions that allow us to better monitor and to optimize uh, the existing operations mm. uh, in the data center. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. <laughs> Does that mean that you're trying to like build a platform that's like yours and not like from someone else? Okay, my exact job right is developing, uh, let's say, web applications. Just an example, like a web application that allows. Uh, my team to monitor certain aspects of the of the data center. So whenever mm-hmm. you talk about data center, there's always three things. There's compute, which is the computing resources you have. Mm-hmm. There's the network aspect of the com- of the mm-hmm. data center, which is how you link all the different uh, hardware together through a network in okay. very layman terms. And last but not least, there's storage. So how do you have persistent data instead of just uh just letting all that data just uh, sit in the Mm. Say in the hardware, then the moment, let's say there's a power failure, then the, all the data is lost. Mm. So there's these three aspects, main okay. aspects of a data center. So I'm just helping to build solutions that allow us to monitor uh, these aspects. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I I don't know anything about any of this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting to know more about this. Um, what exactly, you know, do you enjoy about what you do? I think what I enjoy most about what I do is the fact that I am able to just sit down and sort of play like imaginary Lego in my head because <laughs> I, I think for, for some, I'm, I'm, I'm a tinkerer so when I was younger, when I was a kid, I also used to love to play with like Lego. Mm. So I think the closest analogy that I can find uh, that's physical to, to programming to me is uh, playing with Lego. It's just that there's a lot more building blocks and a lot more complex structures that you are allowed to build. So I think what I enjoy most about my job is the the chance that it offers me to tinker with things, to try things that may fail, try things that may succeed, mm. and eventually come up with something really, really big and complex from mm. small component parts that are very simple. Mm. Yeah, And I, I think another thing that I enjoy about my job is the ability for me to build flexible solutions based on what I want to build. 
So mm. what I mean by that is I am I can build like an entire application based on what my team needs mm. without needing to most of the time without needing to face certain constraints like oh I don't have the technical ability to do this I don't I don't know how to do that most of the time it's trying things out it's going online searching for resources to to build things up so I think um, maybe I can contrast this with let's say um, my my previous industry the job mm. that I was in so that was more electrical engineering related so mm. in order to try some new things uh, you probably need to incur a lot of overhead because mm. you have to like order parts in, you need to build things up and most of the time that mm. will cost a lot of money and uh, I think when it comes to programming it allows me I mean code is sort of free right you yeah. can just type up just type things up and yeah. uh, you can slowly mm. see the thing uh, build up uh, on, on your own laptop so I think that's another thing that I enjoy the ability mm. to build solutions up uh, with a lot of flexibility and without too much overhead Mm. Mm-hmm. Can I just like backtrack a bit? So you mentioned you were in electrical engineering right initially. So uh did you get into that also because you were because it was like you had this tinkering kind of uh what's the word for it? I don't know, feel tendency. Tendency. So <laughs> did you get into it because of that? Yeah, okay, maybe I'll also backtrack a little just to explain mm. my background. Okay. Yeah, so so uh I studied chemical engineering in university. Okay. So actually, I think I chose chemical engineering because of two things. The first thing is exactly what you mentioned, uh, which is because I love tinkering, maybe not just with physical things, but also like with writing numbers, uh, like just mm. watching numbers add up on, on a paper. But also the other not so... Uh, not so... good aspect is that I might... I, I chose it because it was one of the the courses with like higher grades. Uh. So uh, it wasn't, it was a, it was at a point in time where I wasn't too sure what I was doing in the long run. So I just chose, uh, I just chose that particular course. Mm. And along the way, I found that I enjoyed the process control element of chemical engineering the most, which is namely the designing solutions to control the way that uh, products are, ma- chemical products are manufactured. Mm. So my previous role which was uh the one that i mentioned was a little more electrical engineering based was mainly developing uh solutions for monitoring these uh processes okay. mm-hmm. and uh but but a major aspect of their job required a little more uh, electrical engineering expertise so it was a lot of learning on the job as well mm. mm-hmm. um if you could break down a little bit about your interest um you know you said that it's a little bit like lego building yeah. Um, what would you say it sort of encompasses? Because right now, from like my point of view, it seems like you really, really enjoy problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an element of creativity as well. Um, would you agree? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you feel like there are other aspects in this job that you could describe for us? Maybe I can touch a little bit on the creativity mm, aspect. Can. So, so I think when... As, uh, at least in my job because uh, sometimes in certain software developer positions you mainly develop the back end which deals with mainly mm. the data management uh, fetching data from a database and uh, sending the right the data in the right format to the to the to the mm. front end and there's also front end development where you mainly are concerned with the how you are able to display uh, certain pieces of uh, UI to the user. Mm. So uh, in my particular job, I'm able to do both. So I think in in uh, front-end development, 
the element of creativity uh, is a little bit stronger because not only am I able to to, to sort of put different building blocks together like Lego mm-hmm. uh, in, in code but also I am able to think of uh, different designs and how it's able to better meet uh, the user's needs and help to better meet their pain points through good design. Mm-hmm. So I think that aspect of development has also helped me to uh, mm-hmm. nurture my creativity a little bit more. Mm. alongside the Lego building aspect of programming. Yeah, but I really like that idea because I feel like there's an impression that, oh, software developing, um, they don't see that there's an element of creativity that's involved in mm. problem solving. Yeah. And then I think usually that shuts off a lot of people from trying it out, mm. even though like there's this element that may be exciting to them. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever thought about that also until like you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Like you have this freedom and like flexibility to do different things. I think I think maybe because on a surface level when you just look at code when you uh, yeah. when you don't understand it then it just seems like you're writing a lot of lines yeah. that, that don't really make sense. But mm. if you spend a, a bit a bit more time to read up on some of the documentation, then you realize actually what you're doing is you're taking small Lego pieces that mm. people have built and have alo- uploaded it online mm. and you're downloading these Lego pieces to build your own bigger pieces of Lego. Build your own then, house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes these houses, right, you can also upload them online mm. where other people can also download your house and, and build like a whole neighborhood. Yeah. yeah so, so it just keeps going on and on and on. So I think that's a part of uh, programming that is really uh, fulfilling and mm. interesting if you, if, you, if you enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if we can go back a little bit to your previous job, that yeah. is, you were in a field that was dealing with electrical engineering. Um, how long were you there for? I was in that job for a little over a year, about a year and three months. So mm. not exactly very long. Mm. I think I think I, I did enjoy my time at uh, and, and what I was doing in that company quite a bit. And I enjoyed, uh, there were good people there. Mm. But I think the reason why I sort of left quite early was because I really knew that Hey, maybe, I mean, both jobs, both programming and my previous job requires an element of problem, problem solving. Yeah. And uh, I had to think about, okay, how could I maximize my, my enjoyment with problem solving mm. to, to the maximum degree? So already quite early on, I was thinking, hey, maybe this is something that might not be something that would worth investing in in the long run mm-hmm. and eventually I had to slowly change my trajectory along the way. Mm-hmm. So while you were already in the electrical engineering job, you already decided that you slowly made the change to go into the new field that you're going into? Mm-hmm. Actually, I even before I started, okay, so I graduated in uh, August 2019 mm-hmm. uh, officially, but I started my uh, this particular electri- electrical engineering job in uh, in June so I was already uh, before that like in January uh, towards the start of my job I was already playing like learning some uh, programming languages in my free time mm. so I really had a primer to, to to solve like I was just thinking hey maybe it's something I can learn in my spare time to uh, to, to pass the time and also to pick up something valuable mm. but along the way I decided hey maybe I wanted to because I sort of enjoyed doing it like sometimes after work uh, after you go home, you take a quick shower, a quick dinner, then after that you start uh, working on your own projects. I found that that was something that I look forward to every day. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. eventually I started making it a point 
to at least spend one to two hours building my own projects at home. Every day? Uh, I try to do it every day. So okay. sometimes when I'm definitely, if I have certain appointments, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, I, I'll just take a break for that particular day or if I'm just feeling a bit more worn out from work. But on a whole, I try to do it almost every day. Mm. Because I, I know for a fact that effort will compound if you constantly mm. put in effort. So even though it's just one, two hours per day, when you add it up over multiple days, mm. uh, multiple weeks, multiple months, it does add up to mm. a little bit more than the previous day. So yeah. I guess in a way it has paid off um, mm. up to today. Right. Mm. Um, would you say that the thing that really drove you to put in the hours was interest and enjoyment? Or do you feel like there was a need for you to develop this skill? Because it's an up-and-coming skill, right? Especially mm-hmm. at that point, like, everyone wanted to learn how to code. Yeah. So what do you think was the main driver for you? I would say it was both because I enjoyed doing it mm-hmm. and second of all it was because it was an up-and-coming uh, skill yeah. demand because I, I sort of made I was already thinking like within the first month of my job I hope my employers are <laughs> but, but it's okay <laughs> I don't think I mean it's not that certain yeah. people <laughs> yeah I was already sort of thinking hey like within the first month uh, is this something that my 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 electrical engineering job in the when I was mm. doing it in the day I was thinking hey is this something that I would really enjoy mm. doing in the long run so I was like monitoring myself for the first few weeks then I realized hey I was really looking forward to going home mm. and uh, and building and and working on my my projects at that point in time yeah. so on a whole I think it was uh, it was it was initiated by the fact that it was an up and coming skill mm-hmm. but eventually the enjoyment aspect of it started to balance out the mm. the drive to do it because of like monetary incentive or, or, or so yeah. Yeah. yeah so i would say right now it's about 50 50 mm. but uh, it might change along the way as of well yeah. yeah yeah but this is something that we really want to talk to you about because i feel like a lot of people have ideals for themselves uh, you know like oh i want to learn how to write or i want to learn how to draw but mm. putting in the hours is a different thing. So mm-hmm. it requires like discipline. It yeah. requires you to sit down and, and you know, put in one, two hours every day or almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how, how do you think you develop that sense of discipline? To avoid sounding a little bit too patriotic, I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, because I sort of, uh, I, think, I think one of the biggest drivers for developing uh, like a sense of discipline. Yeah. Instilling a sense of discipline in me was during national service. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So 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 it was because uh, I was I was uh, I joined the overweight batch. You know you know when you go to, for 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 mm. NS, there's usually a batch that if you are a little bit overweight, you go in like mm. I think about three months early. So you, instead of a uh, nine eight to nine weeks of training, basic training, you have like twenty weeks of basic training. I see. So okay. before that, I think I didn't really have a. Uh, have a sense of like, oh, okay, if I work at something really, really hard, if I put in the hours every day, I can achieve something. Mm. But uh, because after I went through that basic training, after I was like, okay, uh, during during the basic training, I sort of uh, made it a point to run an additional like five to six kilometers uh, in the evenings after the basic, after basic wow. training. Uh, yeah, not, wow. Not every day, but I tried my best. <laughs> okay. So, but I eventually, it did help me get a little bit fitter along the way. So I think, 
uh, through the experience itself taught me, okay, if I put in the hours, because previously I didn't really think that I would get fitter than, than where I was. I was like um, pretty overweight when I was in junior college. So I was thinking, mm. hey, uh, getting fit was never in my never in my destiny. Okay. Yeah, it was never in my destiny to get fit at any mm. point in time. But eventually I did get a little fitter. So I was thinking, hey, so actually if I do, set, if I set my mind to something, if I really put in the hours and stay focused, I actually can achieve something. Mm. So I think I have tried to translate that that learning mm. to another aspect of my life, which is in this case is my career. Mm. So I think, and, and also definitely with the encouragement of my my family and friends. Uh. Mm. So, uh, but I would say as a whole, that would be one of the stronger defining factors that have taught me the importance of uh, discipline. Uh. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but um, I think that's a great idea because I feel like sometimes you hold yourself back because of self-limiting beliefs. So you were saying how like you never thought that being fit could be something you could do. Mm-hmm. But then realizing it through like an experience, for example, and then thinking that, oh, you know what? Maybe I can do that. And that sort of changes you and the way you work towards that, that goal that is seemingly impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is um, something I guess you did for your transition to your new job as well. Like you understood the, the kind of skills you might need. The kind of skills that you enjoy and then like you making that jump. Um, but then the other thing that we wanted to talk about was um, taking the step to leave. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's difficult for a lot of people. It's always like, you know what? I'm going to stay another three months. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's just a bad day. Or like, um, maybe I'll enjoy it next month. Mm-hmm. How, how did you know at what point you wanted to leave. Because it could be like, oh, I want to spend two years in this company. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How do you decide? I think it was a little bit uh, faster for me mm. because I really sort of had the, as I mentioned, I sort of had like the primer um, of, of learning programming and building some projects mm. in my spare time even before I, like just really, really small projects even yeah. before I started uh, yeah. my, my new job. So I think... Uh, when I I would say within the first few months of my new job, I was really thinking, hey, mm. maybe it was it wasn't for me, uh, for the next like maybe even two to three years in the short term. Mm. Mm. But I would, I would think that it was it was quite difficult. It would be difficult to leave for most people because um I think the first thing is, uh, definitely when you're a fresh graduate, you think like, hey, uh, I I need to really commit to my, my right. first job yeah. I need to at least yeah. put in like two to three years yeah. and, uh, if not it will look really bad on my resume yeah. to my next employer mm, yeah. and the second thing is because of uh, the people I mean definitely in your first job you're fresh and mm. you, you you meet like maybe people who come in at the same time as you mm-hmm. uh, friends you don't want to just uh, start thinking of leaving like within the yeah. first few even the first year of, yeah. of joining or uh, starting your first job so I would say it was difficult to leave, but I, I think as a whole in general, if you, you need to be aware of what you want to do in the yeah. long run and, and just keep track of, just monitor yourself, keep track of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you feel like this isn't something for you in the long run, especially at an, at a, at an early stage of your career, mm-hmm. then I think it would be worth making the change mm-hmm. because there's no point in digging, um, digging a hole towards something mm-hmm. that you know that you're not going to enjoy in the long run. Mm. 
So I think at an early age, it would be easier to pivot without that much yeah. overhead, especially because you also don't have a lot of uh, responsibilities. Yeah. Mainly just yourself and your parents, but you don't have like children to feed, yeah. uh, a house, uh, a mortgage to pay off. Mm. So the ability for us to transit and to try something new is a lot. Uh, the barrier to doing that is a lot lower. Yeah. yeah. When do you feel like you develop this sense of awareness? Because I feel like it's very present in your story right now. Um, was it since young that you, you started looking into yourself? Or was it something that came when you were older? I think it was something that came when I was a little bit older. Mm. I think in... In, especially in Singapore, we are brought up in a culture where we normally have to listen. We normally have to stay yeah. within that, but this particular track of doing something, mm-hmm. uh, especially during our early years. And I think it was only later on, like maybe because I also did several internships throughout my university, mm-hmm. that I started to think like, okay, maybe in order to, I, I need to think about what I want. Mm-hmm. Because no one is going to tell me. A lot of people can tell me what I want. But the only one that can tell me what I truly want is actually myself. Yeah. So I think it wasn't something that just came like, oh, I, I woke up one morning, one day in bed. Oh, I know myself. <laughs> it wasn't like some, some nirvana that happened like overnight. Mm-hmm. It was something that was trained, developed. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good skill to for everyone to have. Mm. To slowly, but definitely think about what you enjoy Mm. and to keep track of that uh, over not just like one or two days but over a longer period of time and maybe every few months or weeks if you feel like you're not really working towards something that you you want you can slowly adjust your trajectory Mm. towards something a little bit more desirable for yourself okay beyond your job do you have other interests that you work on right now trying to improve improve my skills as a software developer because I'm also relatively new to the field. Yeah. So mm. definitely nothing will replace a little bit more hard work. Uh. Mm. Uh, so, so I think also at, when we are young, it's good to spend a little bit more time developing skills that, uh, that, that you want to develop yourself in, especially if it's career-related because, as mentioned, we don't really have that many uh, responsibilities. So mm. maybe we can take a little, more, a little bit more time out of our schedule to, to, to learn some, some yeah. new things in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Like in software engineering, because it's it's always changing, right? So is it something that people have to constantly keep on updating their like skill sets on? Mm. You're right. It's uh constantly changing. It's constantly updating. Uh, I think almost every year or so, there's like a new uh, programming language or a new programming up, language. Yeah. Like every year. Wow. I would say maybe every two years or not every okay. year. So or, or maybe like a new library or a new hip framework that everybody mm-hmm. wants to use. Yeah. So I, I think one aspect of it is definitely um, the 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 speed at which new technologies emerge. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people. I mean, if you the the, the thing about software engineering is that most of our resources are open source, meaning mm-hmm. that anyone it is just uploaded onto the internet and anyone can mm-hmm. like view it or or edit it. So, the benefit of open source is that you get a lot of people can just collaborate on one, one, one particular project mm. from all over the world mm. remotely, or, or it doesn't really matter where you are. You can just work at your own time. So, as a result, 
the the industry changes very very quickly so mm-hmm. i think one thing is the resources that you use most of the time there's a lot of new resources a lot of new tools that are coming out mm-hmm. and the second thing is i think the general trend of people wanting to go into software engineering so there's a lot of competition mm-hmm. out there right now actually so like you can have a uh, someone in university who who's better at doing certain problems than like a veteran in the software engineering industry because mm-hmm. purely because of either hard work or because of um, just uh, talent. So I think one thing is the tools that are constantly changing, but we also need to remember that the people are also, um, the caliber of people is also pretty, pretty good. Mm. So naturally you need to, because it's an up and coming field as well, uh, yeah. it's attracting a lot of good talent. So yeah. naturally you need to be on your toes. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So it's like quite competitive right now, you say? I like, think it's competitive in in a sense that some interviews might be, the, the bar for interviews are getting higher and higher. Mm. So okay. um, because, because def- definitely if there's an oversupply of candidates then you're in order to filter out the better ones you yeah, have to definitely. for companies to filter out the better ones you need to narrow your mm. your the the people that you want to take in and yeah. by doing that you need to increase the the toughness of how uh, of, of your interviews so yeah. yeah it's a little more challenging mm. i guess but but that's not to discount any other uh, interviews in any other fields it's just that mm-hmm. the trend has been that interviews in the industry are getting a little more tougher along the along the years and I think for a very uh, rational reason. Mm. Um, this might sound like an interview question, but <laughs> what qualities do you think you have that, you know, <laughs> that makes you a good candidate for this field? Actually, I was, it's an interesting question because yesterday I was just watching an interview by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you have heard of him. I have him. heard of him. Yeah. So he was, uh, he, he did a study, I think, on why, what makes a kid good at math. Mm. So is it talent? Is it because of culture? Is it because of, uh, I don't know, because they eat certain supplements. But they found that the, the main determinant in finding out whether a kid was good at math was how well you could a, sit him down and just have him work on a problem for an extended period of time. Mm. So I think maybe one of the qualities is, that I have is that I, pref- I I like sitting down of in front of a computer <laughs> and like just working on my own problems. So like if you throw me a, a computer and leave me in a room for like entire days, uh, entire day I'll be perfectly happy because I'll be just <laughs> wow. like, I'll just be like tinkering with things on my, okay. on my laptop and uh, and, and I derive a lot of enjoyment out of it. So I mm. think one quality that has allowed me to at least make this change mm. was the ability to sit down and to really uh, think of think of the problem that I was solving at mm. hand. Yep. And second of all, I think another maybe another quality that has helped me is probably the discipline factor. Which was, I, I think because having discipline is different from just sitting down and like working on a particular problem. You can have discipline to do many different things as well. Mm-hmm. Like such as ensuring that you run every day mm-hmm. or ensuring that you um, bake a cake every weekend, for example, if you want to improve your baking skills. So I think the element of discipline has also helped me uh, make the transition. And, and I hope that it will help 
me uh, along the along the years ahead as I explore this particular industry. I I definitely do think that that will help you because I feel like other than the fact that you are like so willing to put in hours, like just sit down and you know play with your craft or play with your skill. Um, I think you also like I also feel there's a passion coming from you doing your work, which I think. I don't want to generalize, but I feel like it's not so often that we see that in people. Um, but yeah, I think like you having the passion for problem solving for like what you're doing really helps you push you forward. And I think that that doesn't matter like what exactly you're doing because maybe your interests would change like over time. But that would serve you very well regardless of what you're doing. I think. Yeah. Mm. You you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that now that you're in this field, is this something that you see yourself in in the long term? Oh my god, sorry. In the long term? Or are you like keeping your options open still? Thinking of learning different things? I think at least uh, in the in the short term of three to five years, I will probably, this will probably be my bread and butter, I hope. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think... As you as you have mentioned, the uh, the field is constantly changing, right? So actually, even three to five years is not a very long time. So I think in the short term of three to five years, I would definitely stay in this industry, mm. um, to 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 develop my skills and to meet some just to network with 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 people who are also in this field, both mm. uh maybe junior and senior. Mm. In the long run, I I'm not sure because definitely in this industry, you can. You can do, I, I think, main, mainly two different roles at a senior level. You can either head down a track where you're managing people a little bit more, not so much uh, programming every single day. Mm-hmm. And there's also the track of a technical contributor where you are really just focused on uh, architecting, developing technical solutions at a higher level without managing people too much. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, um, I'm really not sure where I would... Uh, which track I will head down in, in, in let's say 10, 10 years or so but uh, I think it's important that during the 3 to 5 years not only in the software engineering industry I think but in any industry in general it's important to know what know where the where, what are the possible angles in, yeah. in the long run and just keep your options open mm. Yeah. so I think to answer your question directly in the short term I'm definitely staying in uh, software development but in the long run whether I would do something that involves working with people a little bit more or contributing technically I think we'll have to see what the future holds mm-hmm. have you ever thought about using this skill outside of the field so maybe building systems for the social services field does that make sense I think <laughs> like um, does it make sense <laughs> you mean building solutions with a little more of a with a social slant to it, right? So Possibly contributing to, to different, a social cause. Yeah, social causes, yeah. I think right now, uh, not so much. Actually, I'm a little more, because I'm also new to the field. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as I mentioned, I'm in the finance, developing solutions for the finance industry right now. Yeah. But I'm, but I think because the skills can be applied to any yeah. industry, mm-hmm. uh, Right now, I haven't really thought about that because I was I'm mainly focused on like developing my own skill set yeah. and getting a little bit better at what I do. Mm-hmm. But possibly, uh, in, in in maybe when I get a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, I would be willing to explore some uh, pro bono projects 
Yeah. Uh, especially if they contribute to a cause that I am interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like personally, I, I get very excited about how um, different skills can be applied to different situations or different contexts. Because that that's like, a, like an area that, you know, requires a lot of creativity, um, a lot of people involved to mm. serve a cause. Um, but yeah, so like maybe in the future, if you're interested in like a project, do update us about it because <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of An Open Invitation. Join us next week for another episode. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is A-O-I-P-O-D-S-G. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, reach out to us at aoipodcast at gmail.com. That is aoipodcast at gmail.com.